Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show. We uh, we continue on. And it is that time. That time to uh, take one more look uh, this season at uh, some fantasy football and to talk a little bit more about that and so much more. Our guy uh, straight out of COVID, hopefully feeling a lot better going into the new year. That's our guy, Paul Charchian uh, from Guillotine Leagues and GuillotineLeagues.com. Paul, how you been, pal? Paul, I'm just working on getting him. He's just running a, a minute or two uh, behind okay. on getting Well, that's okay because we end up keeping him. So that's that's good. <laughs> that's true. So we, we've we've kept him late at times. So uh, I'm all, I'm all good with that. But uh, excuse me, we'll be talking with Paul Charchi and coming up here momentarily, momentarily, and uh, we'll chat with him uh, about what's going on, not only via fantasy football, uh, but also when it comes to uh, what's going on with our uh, you know the, I shouldn't say R, but uh, the game coming up this weekend. That's the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, we'll uh, get into that discussion coming up here in just a few. So stay tuned as uh, as Paul's going to be joining us. Uh, got a couple of emails here that I can deal with real quick. Uh, this one's from Jake who says, uh, the question about whether or not you want experience in the postseason or a better draft choice. If you're going, he says, if you're going after draft choices, that means you're in a full-blown rebuild and your team is falling, uh, your team is free-falling. Uh, he says, I would prefer the experience for Jordan Love and leading this team into the postseason. If they get beat, so be it. If they get dump trucked, it would be a learning experience to find out how far away they actually are from the rest of the league that is better than they are. Uh, I don't see a downside to getting to the postseason. I do see a downside to drafting guys in the top ten that may not pan out because then you hang on to them far too long just to make sure that you didn't miss something via the draft, which is true, which is true. Uh, So let's do this uh, because we have kept him long, so we understand it. Uh, because uh, we've done this to Paul. So, Paul, uh, joining us now, Paul Charging on the line. Charge, how you been, pal? Hey, it's championship week. I'm excited for, let's you know, let's get some hardware into people's hands. Everybody that's still yeah. alive, let's get some wins, baby. Okay, here's the question. Uh, I, it, it was an awful, awful <laughs> game by Brock Purdy. Uh, a couple of the throws were poor. Uh, then yeah. he had some bad luck. But five, do you see a Brock Purdy bounce back? Uh, because we saw him go through this before they lost three straight games and he was throwing picks almost like giving out Pez dispensers. Yeah, it's, you know, at least two of those picks were definitely not on him. You know, I'm not saying it was a good game last week, but, I, you know, I don't know that it was as bad as I, as I think people make it up to be. The good news is there's no get right defense any better than the one San Francisco is going to see, Bill Washington. They're the worst yeah. pass defense in the league. They were probably they were close to the bottom when they had Montez Sweat and Chase Young. They trade those away, and there's the worst defense in the league. Fantasy points allowed, dead last. Touchdowns allowed, passing touchdowns allowed, dead last. Passing yards allowed, dead last. Depth of target, they rank 30th. So deep balls coming. Brock Purdy, bounce back game coming. I love all elements of this passing game should be good. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. I mean, it's it's all positives. You know, and for Washington, they played Trevor Simeon last week, but 10 of the prior 11 quarterbacks threw at least two touchdowns against Washington. So, yeah, Brock Purdy, my number one. Coming off that game last week, he's my number one ranked quarterback this week. Okay, I speaking of quarterbacks, I've got a question about both of these. But since, yeah. uh, you know, a listener brought it up because he's got one of the two. He's got to start either Joe Flacco or Patrick Mahomes. Now, normally you never sit Patrick Mahomes. But with everything going on in Kansas City, 
And oh, yet yeah. the Cleveland Browns are still vying, I'm very quietly vying for uh, one of the top spots in the AFC. What do you do? Who you? I mean, can you really trust starting Patrick Mahomes at this point with all the drops and all the problems they've had offensively? Would you go with Joe Flacco, who's just balling out right now? What do you do? I got a great stat for you on Mahomes. His last three touchdown game was week seven. Since then, there have been 27 three touchdown games, none by Patrick Mahomes. That's the, that's the, I mean, what, what a crazy world we live in when Patrick Mahomes can't post explosive games. Uh, thank you, Matt Nagy, by the way. Um, but this, the chance for a big reversal, absolutely here this week. And it feels like it could be coming. Here's why Cincinnati over the last five weeks, Bill, they rank 32nd dead last in passing yards allowed. Here's why. And by the way, get this. So over these past five weeks, Here's the opposing quarterbacks that have brought them to the most passing yards allowed. Mason Rudolph, Nick Mullins, Gardner Minshew, Kenny Pickett. And then in one game, they had half a, it was a half of Trevor Lawrence and a half of CJ Beathard. Those guys have been pounding the Cincinnati defense. So I think the bounce back is coming for Patrick Mahomes rare. And he hasn't been, the box scores mostly haven't been bad. It was bad last week, Um, but they just haven't been, the big ones we're used to. I think the bounce back's coming this week. He's my quarterback six this week. And you mentioned Joe Flacco. The story's amazing, Bill. Yeah. You know, what he's been able to do. I don't know if you can win comeback player of the year when you're only on the field from whatever Thanksgiving forward. But what he's been able to do is amazing. But this Jets defense, this is a brutal spot for him right here. And you know, Jets are giving up 185 passing yards per game. That's it. What I think is really going to happen tonight, Kevin Stefanski loves to run the ball. The Jets are a great pass defense. They're a bad run defense. I just think he's going to run all night. So I'm not I'm not playing Joe Flacco. Opposing quarterbacks only complete 18 passes against the Jets. It's just, you know, and they see 31 rushes per game. So I just I just feel like this thing's got a lot of Kareem Hunt, and a, ro- a lot of Jerome Ford and just a lot of running coming tonight for Cleveland. So, okay, let me ask you this, because uh, – and the one thing that's kind of that X factor, you can't, it's an intangible you can't put a statistic on. You also have Joe Flacco who was sitting on the sidelines saying, hey, Jets, take me. I'm ready to go yeah, no if you kidding. don't want Zach Wilson. And they said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. You know, so I, there's got to be a little bit of a, hey, screw you. Look yeah. what I'm doing here. Uh, factor coming up tonight for Joe Flacco as well, right? Well, yeah, yeah, we love the revenge factor. That's great. Ah, I mean, obviously, yeah. the Jets. I mean, if you're the Jets, and it's you know it's that first game, and Aaron Rodgers goes down, you don't call Joe Flacco, who was on your team for three years, to just right. step in. I mean, and you're like, no, no, we got Tim Boyle, we're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a, yeah. what a moronic decision. Jeez, unbelievable. And well, you know, give, and Kevin Stefanski should be coach of the year, Bill. I mean, what he's done to be right in the thick of the AFC playoff race, right? And he's done it with four different quarterbacks. That's, you know, Stefanski to me has done the best job of any coach this year. And then on top of it for, you know, all the, you know, drama that's going on in New York now, and they're finding out, you know, nobody wanted to go out and not get another quarterback because they didn't want to offend Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers now is saying, I didn't want to be on the roster. I didn't want to, you know, and everything that's going on there with him being activated. And it's like, uh, hey, uh, glad the, uh, you know, as the world turns is in New York and not back here in our own backyard. Speaking of that, I do got to ask you, I mean, 
Give me your thoughts on the game this weekend between the Packers and the Vikings. The Vikings, obviously, are a little bit banged up. So are the Green Bay Packers. Jair Alexander's now been suspended for this game, who went up against Justin Jefferson the last time, uh, last in the second game last year at Lambeau Field Mm -hmm. that had such success. So give me your thoughts on this weekend and Nick Mullins being the quarterback. This Jair Alexander thing's amazing. What? Can you remember anything like this in the, you know, we've been doing this a long time, Bill. I don't yep. think anything like this has ever happened where a guy just decided, you know what? I am a team captain after all. I'm just going to go out. I'm going to go out for the coin toss with my other players. And by the way, I'm going to be the one that makes the call. And the other right. players got to be looking at each other going, WTF? I'm supposed to be right. making the call. Exactly. You know, what the hell? What the hell's going on? I, exactly. I love that they suspended him. I That's and I, man, I, I gotta believe you guys would like to get out from under that contract right now. That guy's a, that guy's a lunatic. Yeah. Yeah. He has not been, uh, ever since he signed the deal, he's obviously not been available and because of injury. And in addition to that, he has not necessarily really played well. So those two things I'm sure, uh, are, uh, and then there's gotta be something else behind the scene. Cause remember they scratched him as, as a scratch on a Saturday, which they never do. Usually it's questionable until up until game time. And then you find out right. he's not going to be the guy. And instead they, uh, they scratched him, uh, before he even got on the plane going to New York. So there's been something kind of belied, lying beneath the surface for a while now. Uh, I did want to get into because obviously so we talked is, a little bit about, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, it's, the other weird part about Jair is, you know, they didn't put him on IR and then he's just sort of languishing week after week. Do you think, you know, once he got paid, was he rolling into Sundays going, yeah, I'm not 100%. I'm not playing. I, I don't think so. I think there's, maybe he didn't want to play. Maybe the shoulder was acting up. I, I don't specifically know. Or maybe when, you know, you hear the comments last week that he said, Hey, we're just out there running the plays because the, the defense is getting dump trucked. And yeah. he says, ah, we're just out here running the plays that are called. You know, in other words, maybe I don't believe a whole lot in what Joe Barry's throwing out there for us because this defense has been epically bad over the last three weeks when it comes to passing defense against, uh, you know, DeVito and then Baker Mayfield and then obviously Bryce Young this past week. I mean, they've been completely awful. And the secondary's been awful. Yeah, it, you know, amazing problems right now. Um, yep. You know, Vikings, you mentioned Vikings are all kinds of banged up. Your team's finally starting to come together for health you know, it looks like Jaden Reed's going to go, right? We think he's going right. to go. He's, you know, he's a huge part of that offense. Um, it looks like Aaron Jones and um, and A.J. Dillon will be available. I think, tell me if you think you're wrong about this. I'm working on this matchup for Fantasy Football Weekly right now. Um, I They've been so cautious about not overusing Aaron Jones. But this is a win and in, lose and out, you know, right? It's not win and in, although it's lose and out. The loser is done. I think they're going to run Aaron Jones as much as they need to in this game because why not? If you lose, right. you're you know you're out anyway, so you may as well run him a ton. You know, and the Vikings just gave up a 100-yard game to Jameer Gibbs and a couple of touchdowns. Um, team's going to be missing one of their starting defensive linemen. Uh, DJ Wanham is out for this game, so I, I think we're going to get a lot of Aaron Jones in this one. What do you think? I would agree. Uh, the fact that he had success last week and he was pretty much able to set the tone early on in that game, even though they yes. kind of got away from him. Uh, but they had him on a pitch count for the last few weeks. Uh, I think this mm-hmm. week they just opened it up specifically on that turf. He looks so fast. He looks yes. like he's got his quick step back. So I, 
I'm all about Aaron Jones. The more they use him, the better off they are, whether it's touches by handoff or whether it's touches out of the backfield in the passing game. Either way, he's kind of the uh, kind of the engine that makes everything go. And, All right, good. I, so, yeah, I love seeing him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you and I are lockstep on this. I think you know, yep. the pitch count that's been there because the injuries. I think that all goes that all goes out out the door here in a in a must win game. Right. So, I think we I think we see that uh, a lot the same way. And um, Romeo Dobbs got a nice matchup. Vikings Vikings secondary is has not been great lately. They benched their starting cornerback mid game at Caleb Evans, and then today came out and said, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna put him back in." Um, you know, he had a good game. We're going to hope he plays better or had a bad game or hope he plays better here. And I'm, I don't know that that's going to happen. So, right. I feel like there's some nice opportunities. Do you think uh, Luke Musgrave gets on the field enough to, to make a difference here? You know, I, I would, I, I would hope so, but it, even if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. Tucker craft has been really good. Tucker craft has really stepped. Yeah. I, boy, that's a great question. I think Luke Musgrave has so much upside. Uh, and maybe a higher ceiling, but Tucker Craft, between those two, they've really struck on two tight ends that can block, they can catch, they can move the chains, and that's what you want tight ends to do, you know? Now, Craft was viewed as the better blocker of the two. Musgrave was viewed right. going into the draft and coming out of the draft. That Musgrave was viewed as more of a, okay, he's not Travis Kelsey, I'm just saying as a pass-first tight end, whereas Tucker Craft was more like, an all-around tight end. Yeah, he can catch and he can run after the catch, mm-hmm. but he can, he's also a more competent blocker. Is it has it played out that way, do you think this year? Um, yes, for the most part. Uh I just think that both guys have been discovered as weapons. That's it, it, like a dynamic that we have not seen maybe going back to when they had your Michael Finley. Uh mm. no, Finley was a little more scattered and all over the place, but he was a hell of an athlete and he had big wide yeah. hands. And he could catch the ball, and if you got him involved early, he became a real threat. And as a matter of fact, when he went down with his neck injury, he was having his best season with Aaron Rodgers. But these two guys are more engaged. These two guys are what I like to call more football players, so to speak. So I, I, I think both guys have something in them. I think you, uh, with, with I, I think you have more of a a Gronk type of or a, a Hernandez type of guy, that big strong guy that can bowl you over downfield. Uh, and knock you over in Tucker Craft, and I think Jake Ferguson's a guy that can be almost like a Travis Kelsey. He's he can be a free flower. He's got good moves. He's got good hips, and he can get downfield. And not to mention, he's got really big hands and strong arms, so he can bring the ball in too. So I think they've got something good in both. Let me let me give you. The, I just decided to look up the Pro Football Focus blocking grades for these two. Yep. Um, Tucker Craft is as this is a. Uh, Pass blocking, Tucker Craft ranks 21st at the tight end position. Luke Musgrave ranks 71. So yeah. strong, strongly pushed towards uh Kraft. Yeah. Um, and against the run, it's it's kind of similar. Kraft is still well ahead. So I I wonder if that doesn't end up having a net effect of giving um of giving Kraft some advantages here yeah. uh going forward. Yep. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. Hey, real quick, I got to ask you, uh, Brees Hall or Austin Eckler? Uh, One of our listeners said, I'm in the finals. Brees Hall or Austin Eckler? Yeah, so this whole whole matchup. So, gigantic game last week. 191 total yards, two touchdowns for Brees Hall. Uh, Trevor Simeon, the Jets, you know, the Jets quarterback last week, he threw to Brees Hall 16 times in the game. But that was against Washington. Worst defense in the league. So prior to that, just one week prior to that, Brees Hall had a 12-yard rushing game and a six-yard receiving game. And here comes the Browns tonight. 
They're ranked number one in run stuff win rate. The Jets yeah. are 31st in run block win rate. So it's a it feels like, you know, you know the Jets offense can get absolutely stymied easily. Trevor Simeon is not good. And I think the whole thing is just going to implode on the Jets tonight in a very low scoring game for them. You know, 10 points. I don't know. It, it could be bad. So I'm not, I don't like Brees Hall. And if you've got other good options, I'd take them. Uh, Paul, always a pleasure. And I look forward to, uh, you know, talking to you again real soon. I know this is our last fantasy update, but uh, you and I will probably touch. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Oh, yeah, for sure. Road, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. You know, maybe we're, so. yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. It's, yeah, I, I, it's, Kind of interesting that it comes down to Packers Vikings losers out on national right. television on Sunday night after all this, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No doubt. All right, my friend. Great chatting. All we'll uh, we'll be all in right, touch for sure. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's Paul Charchian joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Always love talking to Paul each and every week. And thanks to him and his contributions for fantasy all season long, updates all season long, and uh, just uh, it's it's kind of sad that we're coming to this point. Kind of sad to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, you know what? When we come back, we're going to hear from Matt LaFour, so stay right where you're at. Uh, we got a lot more coming up on the program. This portion of the program brought to you by a friend of the social house, H-A-U-S, on Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. And uh, just yesterday, I was kind of craving the Tiger Burger. Maybe this weekend I'm going to stop in and grab one real fast. But uh, go over and see Dan and Allison and the entire staff at Social House, and uh, they've had uh, some great Packer parties. They are always doing something creative. They got Queen of Hearts coming back, all kinds of good stuff. That's our friends at the Social House, HAUS, West Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. A couple of hours into this thing. Enjoying today on a Thursday. Drizzle still falling outside. No snow. No snow. That was our big chance for uh, in this area for snow. Anything west got a little bit more, but here, wet. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, let's do this. Uh, yesterday, when everything happened, we all know that uh, Jair Alexander had been suspended by the Green Bay Packers, and Matt LaFleur uh, then had to go and, you know, talk to the media. And uh, I want you to listen. Obviously, it's a topic of conversation. There's a lot of, uh, you know, Minnesota Vikings stuff in there. But uh, that being said, uh, Matt LaFleur meeting with the media yesterday. Take a listen. Yeah, that's something that we made uh, together. And it's unfortunate that, you know, we're at that juncture and um, felt like it was in the best interest long term uh, for our for our team and for Jair and certainly uh, it was it was a tough decision you know especially you know kind of where we're at right now and um, you know one we don't take lightly but there's standards that are we're all held accountable for and when they're not met unfortunately sometimes you got to take some drastic measures however I will say that you know we are expecting to get we'll get him back and we're looking forward to get him back I think we had a long conversation this morning I thought it was very productive uh, and you know I think 
in the long run, although it's painful now, I think we're all going to be better for this moving forward. Was it, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Was the decision made just because of the coin toss, or was it more of a last straw and it's been an accumulation of things? I'll just say this. It's never for one thing. Um, but like I said, I think there's a lot of lessons along the way from, from everybody involved, and um, hopefully we learn from them. I think we will. I think there will be probably better communication moving forward. And like I said, I think Jaw's going to be here a long time. He's a hell of a player. Um, and just looking to move past this and learn from it. And we'll all move forward and be better for it. Matt, a couple of weeks ago I asked him if he had sensed any frustration from you about his not being able to play with his injury. And he said, I don't know, I don't really talk to Matt much. Um, when you're talking about communication, how difficult has it been to kind of have that connection with him? Has it been difficult on both ends? Or yeah, I, I think, I mean, obviously it's been a, a frustrating year for him, and, and by no means, I want to make sure this is perfectly clear, there, there, this has nothing to do with, with that, with not being able to play. I mean, it's well documented. He's been battling through, and um, so it has nothing to do with that. Uh, it's just, you know, every every action could potentially have a consequence for it. And um, like I said, I'm just looking forward to getting him back uh, next week. And we'll all learn from it and we'll all move forward. And I do think that just in terms of our ability to communicate with one another, we'll be, we'll be much better. Just for, just for fans who don't seem to understand this, could you just clarify for them? But this is not because he didn't understand the rules of the coin toss. That yeah, this is this, yeah. He was not chosen as a captain. Anyone else? Yeah, it, it had nothing to do with uh, with that whole incident. It was it was just like I said. So, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're going to move forward, and I, I'm looking forward to getting back here next week. Just for the, 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 from what he said after the game, it was clear that Jair felt like he should have been made a captain Sunday. And he's from Charlie's, one well, of your veteran players. Was the, the reason he not just because he's coming off of a six-game absence, or was there another reason? Well, I think there's a lot of reasons when you when you go through and you determine who a captain is, and certainly it to me, it's never about being like. What, what ability you are as a player. Um, that has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with how you treat the team, how you show up and prepare on a daily basis. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, uh, he, was, he was bad in that regard. That it's not about him. I'm just saying what the thought process and what entails uh, the ability to be a captain. And it's something that we rotate around in terms of who, who's a captain. And certainly, uh, you know, when a guy has been in and out, it's hard to to anoint them a captain for a game when you're not sure if they're going to be available or not. And um, so, but, yeah, that that's pretty much how we decide on a, on a game-by-game basis. And we do it differently every year in regards to in past years we've, we voted for captains, um, and this year we took a different approach to try to allow everybody to kind of have a voice when, when given that, that opportunity and empower those people um, 
when given those opportunities. And, you know, uh, like I said, we, we rotate a lot of guys through. Have you guys tried other things like fines with Jair before this? I'm not going to get into any more of the specifics. I've addressed it, and right now I would love to answer any questions you guys have on the Minnesota Vikings. So you talked about moving forward. What, what will be your specific secondary plan Sunday night? Next man up. That's that's mentality. That no matter what position, um, you know, it's a competitive situation, and we're going to put the, the guys that are in there that uh, we feel are going to give us the best opportunity to win the football game. Obviously, got a tremendous challenge. Um, when you talk about the Minnesota Vikings, uh, they got a lot of talented receivers. They've thrown for a lot of yards, in particular these last couple of weeks. Justin Jefferson's the best in the game. Um, so it's going to be a great challenge for us. I think one that we got to make sure that we, we put in the work throughout the course of the week, and our guys will be excited for that challenge come Sunday Night Football. Said last week that you you kind of confer with Devondre at the end of the week and you didn't practice today. What what's the status with him and what came out of that conversation? I'd say it's it's still day to day. It's still day to day, and um, we all know the kind of warrior he is and his ability to endure and battle through. But I'd say it's day to day. So from obviously my outside perspective, it would seem that what he did was disrespectful to you and the team. Is that Minnesota Vikings? Okay. Jire to you. That seems disrespectful. Listen, I'm going to talk about the Minnesota Vikings, Bill, with all due respect. Okay. Can that relationship be saved? I mean, you, you seem... The Minnesota Vikings relationship? <laughs> Look, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I get what you're coming from, but it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. I, okay, I, this is the last I'm going to talk about it, yeah. Bill, with all due respect. Um, I absolutely am confident that the relationship between me and Jair, 100%, will be better for this. I really believe it. Now, we had a great conversation this morning. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to having him back a part of this football team and being a big part of it moving forward. Ben, have you seen Addison and Osborne kind of make themselves visible in this offense now too, along with Jefferson in that passing game? Addison and, and, and KJ Osborne. Just yeah, I think both those guys are, are really talented receivers. Um, you know, they, they've got elite speed. They've made big plays all season long. And it, it takes a lot of the burden away from Justin when you have multiple people that can contribute in the fashion that they're able to do that. So, um, you know, like I said, this is one of the more talented. Obviously, everybody talks about J.J., and uh, but I think collectively this is one of the more talented receivers in the National Football League. What does it do for your offense? You know, Romeo's kind of... He's been steady as some of the younger guys have really ascended in recent weeks. When they are not there, can you still have someone steady in Romeo? What, what kind of, in terms of depth and, and just trust in the quarterback, what does that do for your offense? Yeah, I think Rome's been very consistent. Obviously, he's made a lot of big-time plays for us in particular, and it's just happened to be come out this way in terms of down in the red area. It's, he's got, what, eight touchdowns or whatever on the season. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, so it, it's it's definite, definitely you can always count on him to to go out there and when given the opportunities, he's made some big plays for us this year. So I think he's really grown um, 
I would say over the last the course of two two seasons in terms of just being so consistent and so reliable. So uh, that is that's a great comfort for our offense, for our football team, for Jordan to know that he can always count on uh, Rome to go out there and get the job done. What do you see from him behind the scenes? Because he's kind of the elder statesman in that room, right? I, I don't, I'm not sure for everyone it'd be easy to see all this young ascending talent around you. Uh, how have you seen him as a leader kind of handle that? Well, he's still a pretty young talent, I would say. Uh, and he's still ascending as a football player. So um, he just doesn't get as much attention for it, I would say, because of the circumstances in that he is one of the older guys, him and Christian and Samari, um, and Bo, for that matter, are, are, are the older guys, which they're young guys. So, um, But I think, yeah, I just, I'm excited about all those guys and the growth that, that uh, they've shown, not only this year, but over the course of two seasons. There you go, Matt LaFleur talking to the media, and I wanted you to hear the back and forth in the discussion and and such. And I, I love the fact that Bill Huber kept going after it. I mean, I, you know, they don't want to talk about it, but it is – you can't ignore it. It's its like you, you want us to act like it just needs to go away. And, no, there's some other things going on behind the scenes at 1265. And, you know, how impactful are these going to be when we come back? Uh, I I want to give you a little insight as to how the Packers can fare going into this game this weekend uh, in comparison to, say, last weekend, because I think it is a fair comparison. So this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Whether it's doors, windows, all different types, three different lines, whether it's the impervia uh, or vinyl or wood, uh, exterior, interior, economical factors, safety factors, so many reasons to go to Pella. Go to Pella, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Plus, right now, 18 months, no interest, no payments, all kinds of good stuff going on. They've got great deals and financing for everybody and a line for everyone and every budget as well. Call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Or simply go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, today's the day. We're going to head down to the Pfizer Forum. You've got the Quick Trip Holiday Face-Off that gets underway. It was really cool. I saw a story on the Air Force cadets that are in town for the face-off, and they had a chance yesterday to go down to the Harley-Davidson Museum and spend the day down there, and the other teams are all in town. So if you're looking for something to do and you haven't you know, checked out good college hockey in a while, you've got the Quick Trip Holiday Face-Off that's taking place at the Pfizer Forum beginning tonight. Got a couple of games today, championship tomorrow, all that kind of good stuff. Maybe you're just out and about checking out Quick Trip. And I was in there the other morning. And uh, not only do they have terrific, you know, hot food in the morning and sandwiches and such, but also if you're just looking for something quick and easy, specifically in the afternoon or evening, whether it's the take-home meals or that chicken, the fried chicken is fantastic. The big chicken tenders are awesome. I'd put that up with anybody else's chicken. Great stuff over at Quick Trip. So whether you're heading down to the face-off tonight or tomorrow or maybe you're just out and about and you need a little bit of gas and 
You're uh, looking for some food on the go. Great stuff over at Quick Trip. Uh, the chicken, the full boat of offerings, whether it's the tenders or the buffalo nuggets, the boneless wings they have, or just you know fried chicken in general. Oh, my God. It's so good. So good from our friends over there at Quick Trip. So if you are thinking about and, and by the way, don't forget, use your Quick Rewards card. Because the other thing I did the mor- yesterday morning was I stopped in and I did grab a burger. And when I got up and I paid for everything because I've had so many visits to Quick Trip, it was free. It was free. Used a quick rewards card. Oh, it was so good. It's because I had so many visits and points built up. It's that kind of stuff. And I'll tell you right now, when it's free, it tastes so much better. That's our friends over there at Quick Trip. Don't forget, use your quick rewards card. Great stuff from our friends at Quick Trip. All right. Here's something to think about. First and foremost, Tom Palacero uh, just tweeted out that the Vikings making another quarterback change. Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall is going to start Sunday night against Green Bay per Ian Rappaport, uh, with the playoff hopes on the line in prime time in the rivalry game, Minnesota giving the ball to the rookie from BYU. Jaron Hall is going to get the start for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, here's something else to think about, okay? Um, This right here, when you look at what the Packers did the other day in Carolina, okay? Um, I, one of the things that I think is, is with Jair not being available. Okay. Uh, the defensive adjustments, as it says in the USA today article, um, on on the Packers wire, the adjustments were made, you know, but were they successful? The trio of Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes and Keyshawn Nixon were targeted 15 times this past Sunday with Bryce Young completing 13 of those passes against what is supposed to be the top-notch secondary of the Green Bay Packers, totaling 191 yards through the air, 14.6 yards per catch, and a couple of touchdowns, both of which came with, came with Stokes in coverage. Now, again, Stokes is just coming back from his longtime injury. He's not been there a whole lot. Uh, you got Jair that was also in the uh, defensive backfield. And between the three of them, there were no pass breakups recorded. And of Young's 36 total pass attempts, only four were actually contested by the Green Bay defense with the Panthers' pass catchers catching three of them. Four were contested, three of which were actually caught by Panthers. So uh, it it was all part of what ended up being the best performance by Bryce Young in his rookie season, and it wasn't even close. He he entered Week 16 averaging only 5.5 yards per pass, having surpassed the 200-yard passing mark for just four times in his young career and finishing a game with a quarterback rating over 100 only on one other occasion. However, against the Packers in that defense, he was 23 of 36, 312 yards at 8.7 yards per attempt, a couple of touchdowns, and Carolina would score in their final three possessions before the last drive where the clock just simply ran out. So their offense also failed to score more than 15 points in eight straight games, but they compiled 30 against the Joe Barry defense. According to the next-gen stats, the Packers blitzed a season-high 44%. So it wasn't like they didn't put pressure on him. They did. They just didn't get there, and they crashed down far too hard. And the minute the Carolina Panthers saw that, they started running around the outside. Uh, The zone-heavy defense also utilized man coverage on 64% of the dropbacks, another season-high for the Green Bay Packers. So it wasn't like they didn't do anything. It was soft coverage. It was, it was you know, 
soft zone, but they did play some some man coverage and they weren't successful. You know, it's just uh, Preston Smith said we had two three and outs to start the game. We're putting the offense in a position to score and doing our part early on. And at halftime, they had ten points. But we've just got to make sure we're coming out of halftime that we're finishing the game as strong as we started. Understandably so. Barry is going to catch the brunt of the heat, which we all know. But with that being said, the Packers' best players in the secondary didn't even execute down the stretch at all. Uh, while the players that were uh, are the ones who have to perform, their inability to do so falls on Barry's shoulders as the defensive play caller, although he made the adjustments and tried to be more aggressive. Barry doesn't get the benefit of the doubt anymore given how his tenure in recent weeks have been and how this whole thing has unfolded. And Barry himself uh, said everything starts at the top with him. Uh, he said, I'm a firm believer that everything starts at the top and it works its way down. Uh, so everything starts with me. So when things aren't proper, it's my job to get it right. Now, it's frustrating. You'd think at this point things would be running a little bit more smoothly. But there's a lot of things that take place in an NFL football game, and it goes on from there. But he did run pressure. He did run, man. He did everything, uh, apparently, at least to what he felt was his ability to be better. And the the Packers still didn't execute, which goes back to – when you say, hey, Jair, what's going on? And he says, hey, we're just running what they're telling us to. Well, but then again, are you really? Because if you're in man coverage, you're not getting the job done. That's all on you, man. That's all on you. So I just thought it was interesting uh, going back to the Packers wire and the statistics they had regarding all of this. So, again, not to make excuses for Joe Barry because I, I, I didn't want him back this year, but it wasn't all on him. I had talked to you about that. I said, hey, crashing down on the edges, not keeping contain, allowing a 20-yard touchdown run around the outside by Rashawn Gary. You know, things like that, That that's on the players. You can run. You can have the best scheme called against that particular play, but if the guys aren't don't execute it and they get more selfish rather than just kind of doing the 111, it, things, things go awry in a hurry. No doubt. 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Potawatomi Hotel Casino at Potawatomi. A um, couple of things. First of all, they have a bunch of new restaurants. They've got the Rock and Brews. They've got the Street Eats that are over there now. All the traditionals like the Dream Dance Steakhouse, Ryu. They've got the 360 bar down inside. They've got slots. They've got gaming, table games, all that kind of good stuff. And the sports bar. They're working on the big new kind of the the Vegas-style sports bar that's going to open up come March as well. So that's going to be a, a destinational place. And they can do it all under one roof and put you up in the hotel. How about that? All under one place. Just go enjoy yourself for a weekend. Go to PaysBig.com. That's PaysBig.com to see everything that Potawatomi Hotel Casino Milwaukee has to offer. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. back hey if you are a veteran military member family member and uh, you are looking for a new mortgage if you're looking to maybe buy a house uh everybody comes out in the springtime and starts looking at uh, you know new homes new digs uh if you want to own the land that you've defended veterans america wants to help james mercado and the gang there they are standing by they are waiting to talk to you about 
the possibility of a mortgage, zero down payment, no PMI, looser credit requirements. Call them 262-745-3333. That's 262. Anywhere in the anywhere in, in Wisconsin. 262-745-3333. Great people to work with. Great people. They've been doing this a long time. And big, big into veterans' causes. And a guy that truly wants to help veterans uh, kind of get either into their dream home or make life comfortable for them for everything you've done for us. Again, 262-745-3333. 262 262- Seven four five thirty three thirty three. That is Veterans America. Um, so now that you hear what the secondary didn't do against Bryce Young this past weekend, and now you know that you got you've got a uh, another quarterback uh, that's going to be kind of making the debut against the Green Bay Packers this coming weekend. Um, you know what do you? What do you make of it? Because Jair wasn't great. So if Jair gets suspended, it's not like you're losing somebody that's been a lockdown corner all season long. He's been more verbose than he has been results-oriented. So when I sit here and I talk about everything spinning around 1265, here comes Jaron Hall, and you're probably going, who? He's the rookie quarterback out of BYU that is going to get the start this week for the Minnesota Vikings. So if he gets the start, what are you expecting? Now, you don't have a lot of tape on the guy, so you don't know what he's good at and not good at. You don't know what his tendencies are in a game that the Vikings have to win and the Packers have to win. But I also look at it and say the Jair suspension was warranted. That drama you can sit off to the side, but you look at a guy like Valentine and Valentine, and you look at the different guys in the secondary that have been playing. Stokes is going to be back in his third game since coming back from the injury. You know, maybe they just play better. You know, maybe they just play better. Maybe guys set the edge, and, you know, whether it's Chandler or Madison, whoever's running the football, they just bottle them up. Just do enough. You know, again, if you win by one or win by 40, you take it, right? You take it and move on. But it's it's going to be able to put all this stuff behind you. And Joe Barry just coming, I just read you the statistics, coming off of his most aggressive performance of the season, which is so hard to believe because they played in the second half of that game so poorly against Carolina in big moments. That's been part of the problem. It's not been whether or not the defense has been good or bad. It's been bad in big moments when you've needed them to really step up the most and either grab the grab the momentum back or set the tone the defense hasn't been able to do it consistently all season long isn't this all defense supposed to prevent big plays and play well with a yes. lead like there are some, yes. I'm, I'm not expecting this defense to be the best defense in football but there Correct. are tenants of this defense that should be good and even those parts of 100%. the defense suck yep 100% completely agree and that's that's one of the things that has been the, the hindrance and the, the bugaboo for Joe Barry. It's when they've needed them the most, they haven't been able to get the job done for the most part. So that's the reason you look at this and go, okay, can they win this weekend? Of course they can. Can they score this weekend? I think the, the Vikings defense is playing pretty well. That side of the football, the offense versus the defense, Packers offense versus the Vikings defense, that's going to be a battle. But we all look at the defense of the Packers and go, Pfft, here comes a rookie. He's probably going to look like Johnny Unitas because they don't have really a book on him 
at this point. You don't know what you, you know who's going to be covering Justin Jefferson. Are they going to play that soft zone and keep saying, don't let him get behind you? Are we going to continue to see him eat him up over the middle? All that kind of stuff. But I, 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 I did I pick them? Hell no. I didn't pick them last night. I picked the, picked the Vikings to win. But I still think if they can, it, maybe this, maybe this galvanizes the Packers. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but maybe it galvanizes the Packers to the where they can kind of put it all in the forefront and say, "Okay, we will not be denied." We got a lot more. Another hour yet to go, and don't forget, bottom of the next hour, uh, Peter Fagan, the president of the Milwaukee Bucks, is going to join us. We'll talk a little bit with him about obviously the passing of uh, Senator Cole and the handoff from Senator Cole to the to the new regime and how. All of that has developed into a championship-style team and where this team is headed, where they were, the development of Giannis, all of that kind of stuff. That's coming up at the bottom of the next hour, so stay tuned. whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.